right, meet Carly Worth. She is a real estate agent that specializes with investors. She closed two deals in her first six days, and she's also crushing it as a private money lender. She's getting her mortgage broker license, and she's doing all sorts of cool things. She's only two years into this industry, and after talking with her for five minutes before the show, sounds like she's been doing it for a decade. So, Carly, we are super stoked to have you on the show today. We'd love to just dive into something actionable to start us off. So why don't you tell us what kind of strategy you you used to get your first two clients in six days? Because that's wild. Well, thank you for having me first off. Um, so yeah, I started my career uh, the end of 2020, so December of 2020. And as you all know, that was the key to COVID. Um, no one was in the offices. I was not able to access any sort of training at all, um, signing on with Coldwell Banker. So I... Um, actually had a friend in the class reach out to me. He himself was an investor um, and I had finished my classes before him. He was just doing it, you know, to get MLS access. He, that's his main purpose. He wasn't trying to make money off of, you know, getting his license. So he had reached out to me and was like, hey, Carly, you know, congratulations on passing your test. Um, I was curious if you wanted to help me find my next investment property. And I'm like, heck yeah, but, I had no clue what I was doing. Like, literally, I'm like, uh, okay, I've been licensed for like 24 hours. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Um, so I was, I'm like one of those people, like fake it till you make it kind of thing. And I was like, I will figure out a way to figure this out and make it work. Um, and then I connected with a few people via Facebook, um, a couple of wholesalers, stuff like that. Um, and I ended up finding him a deal like the following day we went and looked at it. Um, and then the other one was a property in Westport, Connecticut, which is a pretty, very prestigious area, um, to begin with. And that investor also bought that property. I think we went under contract like 36 to 48 hours difference from each property. Um, so those were my first two in six days. And I went to my broker and I was like, hey, I got these two deals under contract. They're off market. And he had no clue what I was talking about. So I kind of realized in that moment, I'm like, okay, clearly I'm doing something that no one else is doing. And if a broker of 30 plus years doesn't even know what I'm talking about, then I found a niche that I can really focus in on and do something that no one else is doing. Um, so that. That's kind of how it started. Both of those closed probably like the first week of January. Um, and then I actually resold that flip last January. Um, so we bought it at 300, I think it was 300,000. Um, he put about 220 into it and we sold it for 850,000. So that was a great first deal of mine. And ironically enough, I actually met the person a few weeks ago on the train coming back home to Connecticut from the city and his daughter-in-law lives or his daughter lives in that house now so his daughter's in-laws bought the house and now she lives in it so it was like so cool how everything kind of came full circle on that property um but yeah so that's kind of how I started my career and every morning I made a routine um I read I think it's called the miracle morning because everyone you know was in a funk during covid and 
I was like, I'm going to be super productive. I'm going to be productive when everyone else is kind of, you know, down in the dumps, doesn't know what to do with themselves. So I read that book. I made a routine and I started watching 30 minutes to an hour of some sort of wholesaling um, video. So I could really understand it, learn how the investors run their numbers, you know, where they're getting their max purchase price with rehab and all that stuff. So I really made it a point to learn that business, you know, very well from the get-go. I love how you go to your broker. Like I got these two off-market deals and he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. And you're like, I've been doing this for a week, man. Um <laughs> Yeah. I was like, what? So so what made you connect with these wholesalers on Facebook groups, which is very clever. I do that all the time. Facebook groups are one of my biggest strategies in general. I've made so much money off of Facebook. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so what, what gave you this intuition? Was it your, your background before or how did you make that happen? So I've always been very like entrepreneurial minded. Um, I kind of always knew I never wanted to work for someone else. Um, the way that my brain just kind of processes things, I think I tend to think outside the box and be a little bit more creative than most people. So, um, I was actually managing a gym and was about to buy my own gym pre COVID. Um, and I've been a personal trainer since I was 18. So it's more of like, I had the people skill aspect and the ability to connect with whoever I, I encountered, but I, I don't even know what made me go into these Facebook groups. Like, I I think it's because I didn't have the resources available to me inside of Coldwell Banker yet. So I think I just started going on Facebook groups and looking up like Connecticut real estate and found some like investor Connecticut real estate groups and was like, hmm, maybe this is, you know, this might be a lead to something. So I joined that. Um, and then I saw someone posting about like off-market deals in Westport and Fairfield and all these places. And I was like, hmm, I gotta talk to them. And ironically enough, I'm still very good friends um, with the wholesaler that I did the first deal with. It's a bigger company, but um, it was both of our first deals together. So it was really cool to see everything kind of come full circle. But I would say I just I'm very resourceful, I guess you could say, with trying to find a way of doing something. So I just tapped into that and I started collecting investors' emails. Um, I was posting that I was an investment agent a few months later and people were giving me their emails. Um, so I spent the first three to four months strictly networking. Um, and I think I closed about 20, 23, 25 deals my first year. So it, whatever I did, I don't know how I did it, but it worked. Well, what you did is you started relationships. So a lot of people fail to realize that this is a relationship business. It is a relationship business more than anything else. And the best types of relationships are repeat buyers. So you actually might have stumbled upon a gold mine there because you started creating relationships, not only with the wholesalers, because they're the ones that have access to the deals, but you're connecting with the end buyer too. So absolutely amazing. It was like a win-win. I've double, triple closed so many deals just strictly by connections. I mean, I have wholesalers in California, Pennsylvania, um, Florida, when they're doing like virtual wholesaling and they will send me all of their deals to dispo. So I'm kind of like 
the dispo girl out in Connecticut. So um, I pretty much get access to most deals in Connecticut. And then I, if the deals work, I have buyers for everything. So what I'm really curious about, because it sounds like you basically blazed a trail for yourself. It doesn't sound like you had a ton of support. What did you do to make you sound confident when you were out there working with investors that you might not even understand exactly what they were looking for? I actually had a call, I feel like my first month in, um, with a very big broker because he had seen something that I had off market. Um, and I was talking to him for like an hour and he's like, by the way, how long have you been doing this? And I was like, uh, like two months. And he's like, you could have told me you've been doing this for 10 years and I would have believed you. And I think it was just strictly from being passionate about something, finding a niche and just fully focusing on that. I wasn't trying to work with buyers. I wasn't trying to do residential listings. I wasn't trying to do, you know, everything. I was trying to just be very good at one thing and be known in one category. And I think that's when that's all you're doing, you can obtain so much more information, not trying to be a jack of all trades and, you know, in that specific area. Absolutely. And it's no surprise to me that you came off confident because <laughs> like as soon as you jumped on the call, you're like, hey, um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I used to be so shy, actually, when I was younger, I was like super shy. And then I don't know. I don't know what happened, but. Thankfully, it happened. Do you not know what happened or do you know what happened? Because if you do know how you overcame your shyness, I would love to touch upon that. Okay. Um, I think it was probably when I became a trainer my senior year of high school. I got kind of recruited at the gym that I was working out at. They thought I was training people under the table. And I was like, no, I'm not a trainer. Don't kick me out. Um, so they're like, well, how old are you? And I was like 17. And they're like, when you turn 18 go get certified and you have a job here guaranteed. So I think it was like that little bit of confidence of like someone just seeing what I did and being good at it. Um, so I, that's exactly what I did. And, you know, I trained a lot of lawyers. I trained doctors. I trained very, very successful, high level individuals. And I think being able to connect with them and them respecting me and wanting to also engage with me, I think it just gave me, you know, a different amount of confidence that it was exactly what I needed. And I think that's what has propelled me in my real estate career as well. Like, I was even talking to guys that own, you know, a 1000 units my first couple months, and I felt confident about that. Absolutely. This makes a ton of sense to me, because I was also very quiet growing up. And I call it like I was an insecure extrovert. Like I was always an extrovert. I always got energy from other people. But I was afraid to talk to them. And communication is a skill, right? The more you talk to people, the better you get at it. It's really not that hard. So, like, I'm firmly opposed to anybody labeling somebody shy. And I'm just like, shy is not real. They might be insecure. <laughs> they might not talk a lot. But they simply need to talk more. Get used to being uncomfortable. And if you get used to being uncomfortable, you'll find that you find comfort. The growth. The growth that just keeps climbing. Yeah, I used to like black out if I had to do a presentation in school. Like I would literally black out. Like I'd be sweating. I wouldn't know what I was saying. I, when I was done, I'm like, what just happened? Like, <laughs> I don't even know what I just talked about for 10 minutes. So I think it's like, yeah, it's, you know, getting to a point where you 
love yourself, you accept yourself and you're comfortable with yourself. And you're like, you know what? I don't really care what you think about me. I'm going to own who I am. And I think whoever's worth associating with is going to respect you that much more for it. Exactly. I could totally relate to you about the presentations too. There's even this one specific one I could tell you about because it was such a horrifying experience at the time. I was, I believe I was a sophomore and I literally froze up. I froze up. I stopped my speech or whatever we were, I was doing. And my asshole teacher, Done that. my asshole teacher, let me sit there for like five minutes, just saying nothing. And it was just the most excruciating feeling I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Cause that is like, Oh, just go sit down. It's, it's so painful. It's like, go sit down. No, they just left me there. I'm just like, wow, this is embarrassing. Um, I'm just sitting there sweating. Um, <laughs> relatable. And, and it's amazing because like, it's like, obviously, I never would have thought I'd be doing something like this, which is super public. But as you said, you find comfort. And you also realize that, you know, half the people aren't going to like you anyways. And that's fine. It doesn't matter because there's millions of people. Haters only like or hate things that aren't like, you know, if, if you're better than someone at doing something, they're not going to like you anyway. So that's the goal. I think the goal is to have haters to some capacity. <laughs> means you're doing something right. Exactly. If you have haters, you're doing something right. I totally agree with you. And I was interviewing somebody the other day and he was like, I don't get why people get mad when somebody unsubscribes or you lose a friend or something. Like I lose friends every day. I don't care. I replace them faster than they come. I'm glad I'm on there. I'm glad I'm one of them. <laughs> because I'm maxed out at 5,000. I might lose three friends, but I already have a list of people that have. <laughs> so it's like, I don't care. Unfriend me. Unfriend me. You're not my target audience anyways. I prefer it. It actually is good for the algorithm. If you don't like me, don't be friends with me, please. Um, so <laughs> very cool stuff. So I would love to talk about your past because you had mentioned you were being a personal trainer and I'm of the belief that this has been a very strong correlation to your success. So what skill set do you think that you brought from being a personal trainer to being a realtor? I am a strong believer that a healthy body connects with a healthy mind. And when you are disciplined and you have goals and you're not going to stop until you reach those goals. I mean, it's like fitness. If you don't have discipline and you can't stay on your workout regimen or you can't stay on following your diet, you're never going to succeed. So I think it comes down to really being driven and focused and not letting anything deter you from what your end goal is. And I think that really helped me in real estate um, and become so successful so soon on because for me, it was like, Failure is not an option. I will do whatever I need to do to get to where I want to be. And my first goal in my first year was to make six figures. And I did that. I was focused. I did that. I made it happen. And it wasn't, it wasn't not going to happen. Um, and I think, I think it all goes together. Being a disciplined person, that's a very, very hard quality. Um, but I think it, it correlates with the drive completely. And we were talking before the show, you're also in private lending. So let's, let's talk about this. So first off, what led you to private lending? <laughs> Only two years into your career. You just finished year two, I think, if I remember correctly. Yep. December. Yep. A couple of weeks ago. So all of a sudden you're a private money lender now, which I know because I've interviewed over a hundred people that that's a fantastic gig. You don't even have to do that much work and you make pretty good money, but you mean less than two years into it. Like, what attracted you to private money lending? And not only that, how did you do it? I've always been very good 
with finances. I've always been good about saving. I've always been good about, you know, not spending above my means. Um, so <laughs> what actually happened was I had a guy that I work with. Um, we do a lot of um, off market. We have contracts to government owned properties. Um, we did I dispo uh, deals that we get to hedge funds and stuff like that. So he's a pretty close business partner of mine at this point. And um, he came to me, he's like, I have way too many flips going on. I need some capital. Do you have anyone who would lend me 50 grand for this flip? I need it for like seven, eight months. He's like, I'll give you $3,000 if you can find me somebody. And I was like, hmm. It was an 18% annualized return. So I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, hmm, I can make over $1,100 in cash flow just from lending 50 grand and making $3,000 up front. I would be stupid not to do that. I have all this capital sitting here. Um, the stock market is in the tank. So I'm definitely not going to put more into there. So I talked to him about it. I talked to my attorney about it. Um, he paid for my attorney to draft paperwork. Uh, so I would be first lien holder on a property that he owns outright. So my loan was for 50 grand. And I think the property that I'm first lien holder on is around 230 to 250 so it's i'm very safe and secure in that um everything was done correctly and now i just sit back and collect my 1125 dollars a month and um i have a couple of other investors that have reached out to me as well um but obviously it has to be kind of worth not i mean not even risk it's not really risk but like if i'm going to put out 50 grand like i need to make sure i'm getting like a good cash flow monthly otherwise i could do something more and make more money off of that 50 grand capital. Um, so yeah, I just kind of fell into it. I was like, this is too good to be true. $3,000 plus 18% annual. Like I'll do that all day long. You need some more? <laughs> How many more do you got? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a great question. So I'm curious, like, have you ever thought about asking other people for money for you to lend out? So I do have a connection where I can get, I don't remember, I think it was like one and a half million dollars in a line of credit that I could rent at like 6% and then I could essentially charge people 12 to 18%. Um, but right now, once I, if I get a few more and I use up my capital, then that's something I'll probably turn to. But my goal is to, you know, do like two a quarter um, and just keep doing that. That way, you know, by the end of the year, I'll have eight to 10 that would have cash showed me hopefully like 60 plus thousand dollars. So if I could do that as like a side hustle, um, that's kind of, that's, that's my game plan. That makes sense. So how many hustles do you have going on right now? I'm just curious because it's, my mind says that you probably got a dozen. Um, my goal is to have eight solid ones by the end of the year. Right now I have um, my personal training business. So I still own my personal training business. Um, now it's pretty much fully virtual. I'm getting my mortgage license to do strictly referrals. I have a very great client that um, just bought a mortgage company here in Dallas. So I will be doing that. Um, I'm also in a multi-level marketing platform uh, that's a little bit more passive. I do obviously real estate. And then I have my side business with um, wholesaling and then I do my private money lending. And then 
stock market will be, or stock market, I guess it's seven. Oh, oh, my syndication is going to be number eight this year. I'm going to buy into the syndication. So you're doing all of these things. Eight streams of income is your goal this year. How do you find work-life balance? So to be honest, in the beginning, I had zero work-life balance. Um, when you start in real estate, it is so intense and it is so cutthroat. If you don't give it a hundred percent and you're not an entrepreneur and you're not driven, like you're not going to be successful. Um, so it was very important to me to push myself as hard as I possibly could. But I did get to the point very early on in my career, probably like five, six months in where I was like, this isn't worth the money. Like I'm about to quit. Like my life is awful. It's so stressful. Like this isn't worth the money. Um, I, one of my clients and I had bought one million ten thousand dollar house and we were flipping it it was going to be worth about one five however he ran out of capital during the flip and thought because the market was so hot he didn't have to do certain things that he really needed to do um and it was just the most stressful at that price range oh you're telling me it was so stressful i'm like no you need to do the siding you are on a street that is $1.5 to $3 million houses. You have to do the siding. Um, it means new windows. Like these aren't things you can cheap out on because people in this market, they want it perfect, right? When, they just want to walk in and move in. They don't want to deal with any workers at their house. Like, but he wasn't getting that. So it was so stressful. He would call me at like midnight. He would text me at five o'clock in the morning because he was so anxious. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I, I can't do this. I'm to the point where I'm so anxious. I'm having panic attacks every day. Every time my phone rings and it's him, like I want to cry or punch someone like one or the other. Um, and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, thankfully that one ended the way that it ended. Um, but that really made me realize money is not worth unhappiness. Like what's the point of making money if you can't enjoy it? Um, so I ended up getting two cell phones. One of my cell phones, my, my work phone goes off by seven o'clock every night and it's not turned on until 8.30 the next morning. Um, and I had to retrain people like, hey, if you text me at 10 o'clock at night, you're not getting an answer till the next morning because I'm a person too and I have a life too and I need to take care of me so that I could better serve you and be better at my job. So I really just focused on self-care and being intentional and setting boundaries for people. And if you don't set those boundaries, people will walk all over you. They will take advantage of you. And I think that was, that was like the full circle thing for me. And, you know, this last year I went and traveled like every single month of 2022 I was in Europe for a month. I actually had the best month of my career while I was in Europe for an entire month. Um, so it just really taught me that, you know, I can be super successful and I can run my business from wherever I am. And I can leverage people very easily to be more successful and give myself time back. Um, and that's why I ended up actually moving to Dallas two weeks ago because I said, you know what, my business back home I can run it at the same level I've been running it at, but I can also come to Dallas and tap into a new market that has so many more opportunities.
So I think it's about realizing how much abundance there is and not being like not having a limited mindset. I'm super impressed that you came to the conclusion already only two years in that money is not everything because it isn't. You can chase money forever, but you will never, ever find fulfillment. Fulfillment is not at the end of the money pile. It's just not there. You need to find what makes you passionate, what you enjoy doing. That's where fulfillment comes from. You need money. Yep. Um, the statistics say well, you need to make like 75 grand, grand yeah. a year and anything above that. Yeah. <laughs> so anything above that is not going to make you happier. So you need to find whatever it is that makes you happy. Yep. It's going to be different for everybody, right? And you have to figure out what your why is and why you're doing what you're doing. Yep. Um, I really need to touch on something that you mentioned before. Because you had mentioned how stressed out you were. And first off, it just blows my mind that this dude's flipping a million dollar house and he's not going all the way. Like, mm. that's like putting Home Depot cabinets in a... I'm pretty sure he did that too. <laughs> it's like, no, no. Oh my God. Oh, I'm getting upset and I'm not even... I don't even know this guy. Um, it's like... Yeah, try having a conversation about it three hours every single day. Yeah, well, I mean, if you've worked with those buyers, they're very picky and they notice these little things. I mean, they're not little. They're not little. Um, <laughs> there's a difference between a $30,000 cabinet kitchen and, you know, whatever you get at Home Depot. Um, there's a massive difference. It's not even close. And that was the other thing. I got very intentional on after that. I was like, I can be selective with who I work with. Like, I don't need your business. So if you're going to drive me insane and you're not going to be worth my time and my energy and not good for my mental health, I don't need you. And I think it's that it's not being desperate for business and actually making time for people that are going to make you more money. Like I did one wholesale deal. It took me, I don't know, an hour and I made 25 grand on it. That would have taken me a million plus dollar listing of answering phone calls, midnight, 5 a.m., all of that. So it's just being smart. Like time is money. And I think once you realize that, that's when you're actually going to become successful and you're going to have way more time and more money. And what's even better is when you get a deal like that, that was a referral. (laughs) it's like oh i just made 10 grand it took 30 minutes like somebody called me i called somebody else i was done and it's just like i can't believe more realtors aren't doing this like why or don't they teach this to everybody they should because anybody not doing it is just they're missing out it yeah you're missing out i refer out every single buyer even on my million dollar listings i referred out every unrepresented buyer yeah you don't want to show the houses (laughs) i was like i'm not doing it i don't work weekends i'm not doing it and I think it's it's being being strategic and having a game plan. I think that's where you're happier. That's where you're more successful. Because I'm not going to waste 10 weekends running around showing 30 houses a weekend to these picky buyers. That's that's not my niche. I don't I don't want to deal with it. And I'd rather take a 25% referral than work every weekend. I don't know, 25% referral for the million dollar listings, not too bad, right? And you don't have to do anything. I, I prefer getting paid to do nothing over anything else. So um, that's actually, it's like, I'd rather have 1% of a hundred people's efforts than 100%, 100% of my own. Of one person. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Without question, so true. So you mentioned, I think you've touched on this quite a bit. You've already kind of given some solutions. Like you mentioned how stressed out you were. You're having anxiety attacks. Um, was it? The self-care that overcame those? Or is that still an issue? Oh, no. I have great self-care now. <laughs> um, 
No, I definitely put myself first now. And I have noticed I have been way more productive, way more successful, way happier. And overall, like my quality of life is just has skyrocketed since not putting business first, because if you can't help yourself, you're not going to be able to help other people. And I think putting yourself first, you know, everyone's like, oh, like selfish people like, no, you need to be selfish to be functioning at full capacity. Because if you're not functioning at full capacity, then you're missing out on a lot of opportunities. So I do self-care all day, every not all day, every day, but I do self-care every day. I make it a point every day. I go to the gym. Um, I actually just recently started fasting. So it's hard for me to go at 6 a.m. because I don't eat till noon. So now I've built it into my schedule. I do my time blocking and I'll build in my workouts, you know, at like 1 p.m. I'll have a little snack and I'll go work out because at the end of the day, if I don't get my workout in, I'm going to be cranky. I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to feel trapped. And then I'm just going to want to throw my phone against the wall every time it rings. So that's not productive. Carly, this has been so much fun. Um, this is the Freedom Chasers podcast. Let's, let's end it with this question. What does freedom mean to Carly Worth? Simply about being in a financial position. I think freedom is financial freedom. Being in a position where you can do what you want when you want and have that ability to live your life the way that you want to live your life while still having your money work for you and leveraging people in your space and leveraging your money to create more passive income and really just leveraging every person you know in your life to some capacity. So we just hit the new year. What are your goals for the year? So goal number one is um, eight solid streams of income. So if I, I want to make at least 150 grand in passive this year, um, so that's goal number one. Goal number two, I'm not 30 yet, but this year I'm turning 29, the end of the year. So I want to get closer um, to my, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. So to get closer to that goal, um, to have at least $700,000, um, you know, between assets and everything this year, that way it's easy to get to, to that at 30. Um, and then, you know, keep taking care of myself, keep traveling, keep building relationships with people, um, and really get to a point where I can just do commercial real estate here, um, in Dallas and do a couple deals a year and have that freedom to do whatever, whenever, um, as well as connect more with hedge funds and do, um, offloading and dispo with the hedge funds. Cause it's, a, it's way more passive. So I, I've got a lot of goals. I, I I meant to write them down, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. But those are the ones that I've already made up in my mind. There's no doubt that you're going to accomplish them to me. Um, so Carly, anybody listening, what would be the best way for the audience to get in touch with you? My Instagram and Facebook handle is RE, like real estate, with Carly with a K. So K-A-R-L-Y. Um you can message me there on either Facebook or Instagram. And then my LinkedIn is my name, Carly Worth. Absolutely tremendous stuff, Carly. Thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. It's been my pleasure. Um, and to those of you out there chasing freedom, 
remember, freedom is acquired one action at a time. So just go out there and take massive action on whatever you want to do. Go out there with the confidence that Carly has that you are going to do it no matter what. And tell somebody you know that can hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you.